The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We are back officially unofficial after a little hiatus here, going through some personal stuff, bouncing back now. And I had to bring you guys the fire. We're joined by one of the best catchers in baseball. Is that good? You tell me. It's my guy now, Cincinnati Reds catcher, Tyler Stevenson. What's up, brother? How we doing, man? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. I'm pumped to get you on. It's been like a two, three, three week kind of wait here trying to figure stuff out with spring training, but we got you and that's all that matters. Let's go into it, man. I mean, spring training, you're all the way back, obviously getting back into the swing of things and stuff like that after last year. How are you feeling, man? How, how weird was it taking live for the first time since coming back from injury? Yeah, it, it had been a while. I think injury happened June or July. Um, so it's been a while. It's, it's been a long time. It feels good just to be like competing again, back in the clubhouse, hanging out with the guys and everything. So I'm healthy and I'm, I'm excited. So it, it, has there been any at-bats so far this spring that maybe I could pull up where you just look like you have no idea what you're doing in the batter's box? Like, is there any of those so far this spring or what? Um, I don't think. I mean, I think the biggest thing was just kind of like getting my timing and pitch recognition back. Um, I feel like at, at first and early part of spring training, I was kind of like make up for lost time just because I was like so excited to be back playing. But if like the past week, my bats have been more normal back to my old self and I feel good with kind of where I'm at now and how are you how are you I mean obviously the biggest thing right I mean I talk about this all the time with guys that are coming back from injuries on the podcast how hard was it for you to see obviously you guys are all in a group chat and you guys are all stuff like that you guys always talk and stuff how hard was it for you to kind of be away from the team while you're like rehabbing and kind of seeing them on the field going on trips together obviously playing in different cities and stuff like that how hard was it for you to kind of just be an outsider in that and kind of be not isolated, but just like way like sp- spread apart from like the guys and all your, all, all your teammates. It, it's it's not fun. Um, you don't, you don't get to go on the road trips and because last year we had so many people get hurt. Um, we would be coming into the field early before the team got there. Like when we we're at home and do all of our like rehab stuff, whatever, whatever we needed. And then like, we could go back, like go back to our apartment so it was, um, it was weird. It was, uh, hopefully never have to experience that much time on the IL again. Um, but it's good just to get back. Like I said, just doing everything, um, 
it actually helped out a lot because my wife um, actually got to be up there in Cincinnati with me when I was having surgery. So having her there was uh, a big help. Yeah, and, and let's go back into the start of things. I, I love going back from the start here. At what age when you were growing up, like when you were a kid, did you realize, all right, like I'm a little bit better than these kids I'm playing against or like I'm a little bit I'm a, I'm I'm developing a little bit quicker than like the opposition or guys on my team and stuff like that. Oh, so I've always had a passion, obviously, with baseball, wanting to be in the big leagues. Um, I feel like at an early age, I, mean, I broke six foot in sixth grade. So I kind of always had the the size advantage when I was younger. And like I was still good. Um, but I, I feel like I, I was kind of like a late bloomer with high school. And I never went to any of the like Team USA events or All-American games. I was never really a part of any of that. Um, it wasn't really until kind of going into my senior year that I had some scouts following me and getting in touch with me. And I was like, huh, well, this is obviously new. Um, but if you would have told me at the beginning of my senior year that I'd be first round pick by the Reds, I'd be like, there's no way. Are you serious? That I mean, that that's just absurd. Cause I see, obviously you probably, especially in your draft class, you probably saw tons of kids that have been kind of coming up through the ringer on team USA oh, yeah. since they were 12. And then you're the guy that had no idea it was going to go first round in high school. So what happened that senior year that kind of clicked for you? That was like, all right, like I have a really good possibility here of going first round. Um, so I don't know like how familiar, like, did they have a big tournament down in like in October down in uh, Jupiter, Florida? It's like a big world wood bat perfect game event and went down there, played really well. And I feel like going into my senior year, that's when I kind of started to take a big change physically from like junior to senior year, like really started to like get stronger and like fill out my size. Um, and that's where I first kind of started with the draft and um, rewind. But like, I, so I actually swam my senior year of high school. I was on the swim team. That was the first time I ever swam. My sister swam all coming up. She swam at Florida State. So like, I've always been around it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be on the swim team. Like, I just want to do it for fun. And I loved it. I was in great shape. And um, there was times that I had missed practice because we had scouts coming over. And um, fun fact, our swim coach, Coach Reason, he has a twin brother who coaches swim at Duluth High School. And that's where Brian McCann went. So it's pretty cool um, being connected with that. Um, but yeah, it wasn't really until that senior year and season starts and actually hurt my oblique pretty early on. So I honestly thought it was like, okay, I'm not going to get drafted. It's fine. I'm going to go to Georgia Tech, get a great education, play baseball. And then I came back and saw beach balls and <laughs> just hit. Dude, that's, See, that's the craziest thing for me is because a guy like you, obviously, I mean, you're a specimen. I'll pump your tires. You're yoked. That's the problem here with yoke guys. And I was having a conversation with my buddy a couple of days ago. Straining your oblique is pretty much just like the trainer saying you're just too fucking jacked. Like there's just no fat there on your oblique. So you just you're just straining this shit because you're just obviously there's no fat. Obviously, muscles harder to easier to pull than fat. So when you when you hurt your oblique like that. What like what were you able to do? Because obviously you were on the swim team, you said, and all that type of stuff. Were you mm -hmm. just not able to do anything after that? Mm -mm, nothing. I was just going to PT. I don't know if it was every day, but I was doing PT, and I was out for, I don't know, two or three weeks, I think. And 
Um, I'll never forget sneezing was the worst thing. You, you don't realize how much you use like your core, like getting up and out of bed, getting in and out of a school desk. Like some of those things were very challenging. That's a nightmare. That's like literally my yeah. personal nightmare. And that, that's maybe the reason why I don't have apps. That's probably why I don't want to get hurt getting <laughs> out of bed. You hate to see it. But I want so obviously talking about your high school, you went to Kennesaw Mountain High School. Mm-hmm. If I go back there, if, if, if Johnny Junta goes back to Kennesaw Mountain and I go watch a baseball game, am I going to hear urban legends about Tyler Stevenson his senior year? Like, was were you that good your senior year? Am I going to hear some, like, he put this ball over the church in left field type of stories? Um, I hope so. I'm still waiting for my jersey to be retired. They haven't retired uh, your jersey yet. No. Wow. I'm still, still waiting for that one. <laughs> um. But like the, the whole Atlanta area, amateur baseball, it's one of the best spots in the country. Two of my kid, two of my best friends from high school went to Clemson. Uh, our center fielder got drafted by the uh, Blue Jays. I mean, I, I can go on and on about the guys that I played either with or against in that area that are in pro ball. Um, but yeah, I had, a, I had some good home runs. There, There's a famous bat flip out there. Um, that, that that they captured at home. Maybe I'll get a. Maybe I'll see if there's a if there's a video of this bat flip on Twitter. I'm sure a lot of people weren't happy about that on the other opposing side. But you mentioned how competitive it is. Obviously, being in Canada and stuff like that, we got to go to the the U.S. to kind of get that competitive edge mm-hmm. for baseball and stuff like that. Are all these high school games like if you throw below ninety, are you kind of a bum in the Atlanta like in the Atlanta area for high school baseball? Uh, I wouldn't say that, but I, I mean, I faced guys throwing 90 probably pretty consistently. That is just absurd. So were you on like the, were you never played JV? I'm assuming, right? You were just always on the Mm. senior team. So you were like 15 years old facing like 95. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know about 95. I know probably close to it as a freshman. That is absurd, dude. That is absolutely mental. That is I absolutely sure meant- saw 90 plus. Yeah. So you mentioned all those guys in your team going to Clemson and stuff like that. And obviously you being a big prospect, you come into the Georgia tech. How many teams were interested? Like, did you just have like tons of offers and stuff like that? Or were you just set on Georgia tech from the get go? Um, so I committed my freshman year right before Christmas. Um, so it was, it was pretty early on, but at that time, Georgia tech, Clemson, Georgia, North Carolina, they were kind of in the mix, but my only off true offer was from Georgia Tech. Um, so I don't like in college, like going through all that, you had to like go to the school and they could offer you. So, um, I just never got around to that. But I'm a diehard UGA fan, I grew up a UGA fan, but their head coach got fired at the time when um, I was getting recruited. And I knew people that were there, and they just said it was just kind of a disaster just with the crew, recruiting, new, new staff coming in. And so at Georgia Tech, uh, the head coach, his son is my age. So I've known him for the longest of times, and uh, we were teammates, and they were like a family friend. They offered me, had a full ride for Georgia Tech, and I was like, sure, great education. Like, it felt like home. You love to see that. And and next thing, so obviously you go first round. And I'm listen, I'm not want to talk about another man's money. You signed for a big chunk of change here. What's the dumbest thing you bought? 
Or what's one thing you bought where you splurged or a car or a house? Like, what's one funny thing you bought where it's like, why Why did I get this? Honestly, I don't think I've done anything dumb. I, my parents have been very, I don't know, they um, educated me. And I'm fortunate to be kind of have some people that are great influences. And um, I bought like my dream truck. It was a F-250. Loved it. I've I've sold it and I've got rid of it since then. But I'm not a sports car guy. You're not a sports car guy. There's no sports cars ripping around for you. I'm I'm too big. I'm a I'm a truck guy. (laughs) I was gonna say. I mean, you'd love that. Look really out of place in Cincinnati. Just a Ferrari ripping around. But (laughs) that would be all time. That would be all time. Um, and then yeah, the next thing obviously you get to you get to the minor leagues obviously, and I think you're in one of the towns that gets roasted the most on this podcast. I think you go to Billings, right? Is that the first team? That's the first town you went to in rookie ball. What yep. was that reality check for you? Like being that first round pick, obviously a lot, of, a lot in the bank account. And then you just get thrown to Billings, Montana. I mean, that had to be just the biggest reality check. Like, listen, I'm in the trenches now. I loved it. Uh, really? Beautiful part of the country. I, I want to get back out there. And so like East Cobb, that was the travel ball team that I played with growing up. I think it, it, it did a really good job of like prepping us for like pro ball. Cause me being away from my family, it wasn't uncommon for us to go in a tournament and like be gone for a couple weeks. So, um, I mean, yeah, when I got drafted within a week, I was out in Billings with the host family, like all new people. It, it was an adjustment, but I wasn't that homesick. And, um, I feel like that like kind of helped prep me for it. Um, but I love Billings. I love fishing. I love being outside. Like it was a beautiful, beautiful part of the country. Yeah. I mean, that's just, I know it's like, and, uh, Montana is nice. I I went there for Juco for a little bit, uh, just like a weekend visit or something like that. But yeah, Montana is not that bad, but I, I got, I, we got to talk about this too. So obviously you being that big time prospect first round pick, how bad were you getting it from fans? Like, sign this, sign that. The guys were like the, the autograph vultures. How bad was it for you throughout your minor league career where you're just getting absolutely bombarded? And Bryson's thought, I mentioned this, had to say, told me a couple stories where um, he had to like go through different exits as the team because there was just hundreds of people that were just bombard him for autographs when he was in the minor leagues. Was it that bad for you coming up? Uh, yeah, I feel like there's, definitely cities and i think yeah there's definitely cities that are worse than other and i feel like you do kind of learn like some back ways just because all the main interests are always crowded with people with books and stuff but at the end of the day it's part of it's part of the job if you don't want the attention to play worse that's what that's a famous quote <laughs> that's a famous yeah. attention that's a famous quote from our our catching coordinator corky miller and he's like if you don't like it then play worse that's quit asking. that put that on a t-shirt one of the one of the listeners yep. put that on a t-shirt that's all time but i mean so is there any instances or any stories of you getting after it with an autograph seeker or someone that's being like overly aggressive with you trying to um just kind of get your attention or stuff like that where you had to be like listen man relax relax bro um, some people are really aggressive and demanding. Um, it's okay. I mean, just treat us with respect. If you're patient and ask politely, there's a better chance that 
they're going to sign instead of just getting stuff thrown in your face and just treated like a puppet almost just, um, but I know I got hurt in Dayton and an autographed person was willing to buy my cast off of me. <laughs> he, what did he, what was the offer? What was the offer? I don't know. He, he never put a price to it, but I was like, no, <laughs> it smelled too bad. It was, yeah. There's, there's some diehards out there. That is one of the most absurd things I've ever heard in my life. I can't believe that's even like actual real story. And honestly, that's kind of just if that was me, I would be the cockiest dude ever. I was like, dude, someone wants my cast autographed. Like someone wants a paraphernalia mm-hmm. of that. But being that guy, I mean, another thing that I love, I love, I love hearing minor league stories on this podcast. We've had, I'll give you a little background. We've had tons of stories of like drunk fans climbing foul poles with machetes in the middle of minor league games. We've had wow. fans think that their seats, like their club VIP seats, were in the dugout. So like fans just would just go down <laughs> to the dugout. We've had stories like that. What is your funniest minor league story from your career? Minor league story. Oh, man. I don't know if I've ever had any, like, crazy fan interactions, but I'm thinking of one of the wildest things that I saw was in Daytona Beach. And we got rained out seven days in a row. And it rained so much one time that so our locker room was on like the left field line and across and like the right field corner was the um, field crews like hangout. And there was so much water on the field that a grounds crew guy was on a kayak going around the field. <laughs> Dude, that's, I've heard so many gaunt. I've heard so many stories about that league, man. That's a miserable league. Like, I mean, it's just because you're there when it's raining the like a lot. Oh, so yeah. a lot of these games get made up. Did you guys happen to like, because uh, you said a seven-day period, were those games just banged? Like you didn't even play those, like never made those up or anything like that? Or did they're like, you're playing in these games? Honestly, can't remember. Because um, I know the season in the minor leagues is split in half. Yes. So it might have been towards the end that it didn't matter. And then it, we just picked back up after like the all-star break oh, okay yeah no i the minor leagues is just crazy to me man i mean i the stuff they put you through my favorite thing is the uh strikeout batter making you the strikeout hitter for like for, for free beers or dollar beer stuff like that have yep. you what what's the pressure like of being the strikeout hitter just i mean because so, obviously you don't want to get the people mad but you also don't want to strike out you you do have to be a fan favorite at times and you, you got to give the people what they want um <laughs> But I remember my very first like pro game. I was in Billings. I was the beer batter. I was like, "What?" Like I think it, like if you got a hit, then it was like cheap, cheaper beer. Um, and I remember like coming up to the plate. I'm like, 18 years old. I can't even like drink. What is like? What is what does this mean? Like, do I get beer, a beer or something? That's all time. Did you get a hit? I don't know. We'll say you will. I'm a Tyler guy, so we'll say we'll say you got a hit. We'll say you got a hit because you walked my first at bat. Okay, okay, but okay. Obviously, a lot of like I talked about with Ladolo, like you guys came up through the system with just tons of nasty prospects. We actually we've had Jonathan India on this show before he won the Rookie of the Year. I take a decent amount of credit for it because I mean I was the only interview he ever did before his rookie of the year year so i take credit for that maybe i don't know maybe you'll get you'll get a silver slugger this year maybe out of coming out of you we'll see but the official official bump but 
Who was the nastiest team you had coming up through that minor league system where I clicked that roster and it's just a bunch of MLBers? Hmm. I think so. Like Lodolo, Hunter, and Graham, like they were behind. They're younger. Yeah. And then I didn't play with India until 2019 in AA. I think it's our Daytona Beach season. Um, a lot of guys, like, you know, in the minor leagues, the guys are getting sent up all the time. And if we would have kept that team, I would think we really would have won the championship there. Um, I caught, we had Tony Santana. Tramel, front of the pod. He was on that I was team. Say, huh? Taylor Tramel, TJ Friedel. Jose Siri, who's with I think Tampa now. Yeah. Um Joel Child's there. Holy shit. Our Joel Kunal, who's one of our bullpen guys. Um Scott Moss, who who was another pitcher, but I don't I don't know if you ever I don't know if he debuted or not. No, he hasn't debuted yet. No. Um we were good. And like that was kind of our core group coming up. This team is a wagon. Holy shit. I mean, yeah, that record's not good, but yeah, I guess that's just minor league baseball. But, yeah, uh, and I know at the we were really good, I think, in the first half, and then guys got called up. Did uh did Nick Lodolo tell you the backstory between me and him? He did not. It is the funniest back. So so listen, <laughs> I'm good friends with uh why is his name not ringing a bell here? Alex Young. I'm good friends with AY. Oh. So yep. AY, I, I texted AY. I was like, yo, we have to get Lodolo on the podcast. So then Lodolo, which is something that I always chirp him for now, he was like, how many followers does he have? And I think I have like 1,400, 1,500. And then I just, I, listen, I one thing you like you and Lodolo will learn, I will back you guys up for life. Now, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a troll. I'm a rat. I will come at people that come at you now because you're my guys. But he pissed me off, and I was like, who the fuck says that? So I started roasting him, and then I made a public service announcement video of me in a suit. And then he was like, "All right, this is funny as fuck. Like, let, let, let's 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 get you on the pod. Let's get let me get on the podcast. So then we're just boys now. But what is your relationship like with Lodolo? Is he one of those pitchers where you guys are just like you guys just clicked off the bat, or did it take some time for you guys to kind of start understanding the mixes and stuff like that? Yeah, I think the very first time we met was during the alt site in 2020. That was the first time that we got to like spend time together, and it was that whole COVID year." Um, so we really couldn't like do anything outside of the field, but like we could still golf. That was one of the things that was like still open and then spending time together at the field, like just getting to just hang out and spend more time. And then, um, yeah, he debuted last year and I actually caught him yesterday and he threw excellent as we're, I mean, no surprise there. He's Um, so good, dude. He's so good. He's incredible. He's a special talent. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Is so he we talked about this. He said the first time he saw Hunter Green, he was like, This fastball is just like this dude is just different. What was it like the first time you caught Hunter Green or got a chance to see Hunter Green throw 
were you just like starstruck by it or just like, wow, man, this guy's fastball is just different. Like this guy's just different than mm-hmm. other guys around here. Yeah. And it's, I think it's like the most effortless and just perfect mechanic, like hundred mile an hour fastball I've ever seen. And him, it looks like it, it honestly looks like he's just playing catch. That is absurd. I mean, you guys are, you guys have a really good pitching. Another guy mm-hmm. that we talked about um, that's really kind of under the radar. I don't understand why he doesn't get that much recognition Ashcraft? is, Ashcraft, man. What is this guy? I was at your guys' game. I Obviously, I know you weren't playing, but I went to that Diamondback series. I drove to Cincy to see my buddies in the D-backs, and I was watching that two pitch. I'm like, how the how do people hit this guy? Like, this guy is impossible to hit. What is it? Like, what makes him so uncomfortable as an at-bat for a hitter? He throws 100 mile an hour. It's it's like Corbin Burns. I think he could, he could truly be a Corbin Burns if he does reach his full potential. Um, just because this fastball does cut, and like he can, he can honestly go a whole game just throwing cutters and two seams. Um, <laughs> that is stupid. And that there's there's so always dumb. a slight like he's his ball is like so heavy that I don't know. It's just it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, he is just he's so special. I think I I, I was at his debut. I think his debut was in Toronto. I was there. For it was that. in Toronto. Yep. Yeah, and I was just like, what the fuck? I mean, obviously, it was like a series. You guys were a lot. A lot of guys were injured. I, I, I'm not quite sure if Votto played. I think he may might have played two of he the did. games. Oh, he did play. Okay. Yeah, and I was like, who is this dude? I've never heard this dude in my life. He's making his debut here, and I think he went like seven, seven innings, two well. runs, just absolutely carved. So let's go into your debut, man. I mean, so obviously, you, you, get, you get the call up. What was it like for you to kind of just step foot for the first time on like a big league field and kind of just be a big leaguer for a day? What did, did did it hit you immediately or did it take you a little bit of time to like be like I'm a big leaguer? So I was I debuted during the COVID year. And um it kind of I don't know, like I I guess I am like just grateful for the situation because so our spring, our spring training 2.0 got moved to like the team city. So like we pretty much inter squatted for a couple weeks, like in Cincinnati. And then our alt site was in Mason, Ohio, which was like 30, 40 minutes north. Um, so you got to kind of get used to the city. And like we were practicing in the big league stadium and you kind of like got to know your way around. And then um, another thing that, I think has really helped was so that year, even like before I debuted and even after I got sent down every road trip, they had to have, like they brought like taxi squad people just in case somebody got sick or got hurt. They tried to limit the times that you people had to like fly separately and like keep us like quarantined. So I was a part of like every road trip, even though I wasn't active on the roster. So I got a, fly with them i gotta stay in the hotels i gotta do the meetings i gotta practice and i guess ease my way into what it looks like to be a pro player instead of just getting thrown into it in a normal season in august or whatever it would be so um yeah ended up debuting against the cubs at home and hit a home run my first bat, which was pretty sick. That is the most of see, I was gonna talk about that. That is the most absurd shit. I mean, first at bat, first home run of your career. After that, you get this is a true circle here, Ty. That's a true circle. After you hit that, were you just like, I'm a fucking dog? Were you just a little like was there a little just, bit of cocky out of you? Out. There was no cocky out of you. I mean, because that's uh, kind of a power move. 
first stop out no. of your big league? I don't know. That's that's not really who I am. I don't know. I was <laughs> I just like completely blacked out. I was like, no way that just happened. And so I was I was worried because I didn't start that game. I came in later at night. It so I think we ended up getting rain delay. So the game was kind of pushed back. And then I, I came in in the seventh inning and we're down eight to one. And I was like, all right, like, here we go, like making our debut. And I think I, we ended up, I ended up going to catch first and then I had my back. Um, but I was just worried that like my family wasn't going to be up because it was late. But sure enough, they were. And <clears throat> so my wife at the time, she was in PA school and she was asleep. And I guess she told her mom, like, hey, he comes in, like, come wake us up. So I came in, she went running up, woke her up, and then um, that. so they got to see the home run, which was really cool. And my parents were up, and I come back in after the game, and I've got hundreds of text messages from everybody. That's one thing you have to learn about me, though, too. So after a good game, you will be expecting a text from me. I keep tabs on my guys. So I will, I will be keeping a what tab about a on Josh Stevenson. I will, I will, uh, every good game, you know, we all have a text from me, but do I have this? Do I, am I, reading, am I reading this correctly? Your second big league home run was a walk-off nuke. Yep. How does that make it? It says it was in the seventh inning. Uh, So yeah, that was uh, when we were playing the double, if we had a double header of seven oh. games. Okay. What was that like? I mean, listen, man. Well, let's let, let's be as real as possible here. I mean, having to go through your first season and like not having your family at the game and stuff like that, it kind of takes it away of like the the ch- not the childhood dream aspect of it, but just kind of yeah. it, it kind of makes it feel a little bit different, right? So, was sure. it hard for you to kind of live in the moment because you're not seeing your family up in the crowd? You're there's, you're not really even seeing a you're not seeing a full stadium, obviously with people being able to watch your debut yep. and stuff like that. Did that kind of take away take it kind of away from you that debut? Obviously, it's unreal to make MLB debut, but under the circumstances you made it, was it a little bit difficult for you to kind of just sit, like kind of sit back and mesmerize it? Yeah, I had, in a, in a perfect world, it would have been a sold out crowd and family. Everybody got to be there, um, but at that time peak covid like it was what normal was at that time um but they got to see it on camera they got to see it on tv like you can't i guess worry about that because it was still an awesome experience did you i think one of my yeah so what were you gonna say i was gonna say one of my i think one of my favorite memories of that year though like with the two home runs like they were great but when I hit, when I had my debut, um, I, I think I ended up going like two for two with a walk, and um, it was an opportunity. When I walked, I was facing Craig Kimbrell, bottom nine, like bases loaded, three two count, and I walked. But like that was almost cooler for me because I w- watched Kimbrell when he was with Atlanta, so that was a really cool moment for me, like to be in that situation, have a great at bat, walk, and then we ended up losing the game, but. I think it was like a one run game. So I I think that was fun. Yeah. No, I mean, so obviously you grew up being a massive Atlanta Braves fan. I'm assuming just yeah. being there and stuff like that. So when they won the world series in 2020, is it a bad thing to say you were kind of pumped or what? Like, were you, how does that work? Are you allowed to celebrate that or be excited about that? Or like, well, how does that work? No, I mean, I, I, I want us to win. 
Okay. But, uh, that's um, a great answer. That's a great answer. Yeah. I'm just, I'm trying, I'm trying to kind of get ahead of stuff here, being your guy, like in case people say like he's rooting for the Braves, he's from Atlanta. Uh, no. you, it, it's, it's, you're not a Braves guy now. It's done. The, the, the fan, the fanship's over. So I respect that. But uh, so you, you got, you kind of got to make two debuts though, technically. I mean, you made your mm-hmm. COVID debut and then you got to make your debut the following season with your like family and stuff like that in attendance. Did you treat that second quote unquote debut as like a debut type of thing where you got to experience it with your family, like pictures down the line, all that type of stuff. Did you like treat yeah, it like it was a debut? Um, yeah. And that was like my first day opening day too. So um, that was a really cool moment, but honestly this upcoming opening day is going to be the first normal one that I get to participate in. Cause there were still in 2021, there were still like COVID restrictions last year. We had the lockout. So that was kind of threw everything off. And then, so this is going to be the first year that everything is normal because in Cincy, they have a big parade. Um, so I'm excited just to see what that's about. Yeah. And what's the fan reception been like for you? I mean, obviously, like I said, I pumped your tires start of the episode. I think you're one of the best catchers in baseball. What has the fan perception been like for you with the Cincy people? Because uh, I'm going to name drop again. I'm really good friends with Amir Garrett, one of my best friends. And uh <laughs> He said the fans there are like when they love you, they they will die for you. So what what part of that hill are you on right now? Are the fans all over the Tyler Stevenson train? Are they uh pumping your tires, DMing you and stuff like that? Or where are they at with you right now? Cincy is a is a very great sports town. Um they've been great. I love it. I'm hoping to be there for a long time. It's um they're great. It especially with the Bengals doing well too. Um the city's thriving and I'm excited for us to kind of flip the script, get back to winning, and kind of be on the same train that the Bengals are on. And speaking about the Bengals, so I'm seeing here you got to meet Joe Burrow before a uh, before before a game. I believe you guys took pictures, stuff like that. How, did he alpha male you? Where where <laughs> what was it? Was he alphaing you? Like, because obviously, I mean, one of the best looking dudes in sports, rightfully so. Good for him, but. Was it kind of an alpha male? I mean, you're an alpha male. He's an alpha male. How did that standoff kind of happen? What was no, he like? He he was great. Um, just briefly spoke to him. Um, I think I think he outside of Joey, he's he's got all the keys in Cincinnati. So <laughs> there there's no he wins he wins that he he deserves it. Yeah, he is just I couldn't I would pay millions to see what that dude's DMs are like. It's probably just an absolute <laughs> war zone. You'd love to see it. But there's another thing oh, that I read man. about you, and credit to me for doing my research, by the way. After every home run, you kiss your ring. Do I have that correct? Um like or sorry, you kiss, yeah, you kiss your necklace, right? You kiss yeah. after every home run. What is the meaning behind that? I'm gonna clip it. I want people to report the gate uh efficient official podcast m- mentioned this first. What what what's the what's the background story with that? So, um, when I guess when I was younger, this so it's like a little coin, and then I ended up turning into a necklace. But it says, "Grandpa, I love you." And so, whenever I was younger, I guess I gave it to my grandpa, and then when I got drafted, he gave it back to me. And so I, then I turned it into a necklace, and I've been wearing it ever since. And um sadly we we lost him he passed away last uh, i believe april um so it's just a reminder that he's always there with me yeah man that's uh that hits home for me i'm obviously really close to my grandparents as well so uh that's that's a great story man i mean obviously um april go going through stuff like that or just kind of having the little things like that 
Have you ever been like a pimp job home run guy? Because you're mentioning the bat flip in high school, the bat flip heard around the world, I'm assuming. Have, has that ever been your style now, or are you just not going to do that at all in the major leagues? We're obviously with the World Baseball Classic, Trey Turner's doing 360 wow. no scopes down the first baseline. Like, what are you going to be that guy coming up in the future here? Oh, man. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's hard to say. Um, I feel like if you get caught up in the heat in the moment, then it just happens naturally and like organic. Um, I don't, I, I, I doubt it's going to happen. I'm, I'm very vanilla and just bland and just go with the flow. And if it happens, it happens. Yeah. I would love to see that, man. And I'd be the first one to, I'd be the first one to tweet that video. We just need to see, I maybe do the five, one, three. I think that's the area code for Cincinnati, right? Yep. Maybe yep. flex the five one three after home run. Start making it a thing. You can stay. You can steal our our stick from Toronto because we do the six. You could start doing that. But looking at that schedule last year, obviously you 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 got to miss Toronto. I'm assuming. Am I correct on that? You were there, there for that. I you was, were there. Oh, I played, I played that one. It was all right. You were city. here for it. Let's talk. Let's pump the tires of my city now. Are, how? What was your thoughts on Toronto? Did you love it? Loved it. Um. So we were very excited because we were going to have an off day there. And so we were playing Cleveland and we ended up getting rained out and we had to make it up on the off day because we were going to play Cleveland, fly to Toronto that night, have the off day, then play the next day. So we were all kind of bummed out about that because um, everybody wanted to spend the off day in Toronto because everybody said great things about it. Joey is from there, obviously. And um, I loved it. And it was it was one of my favorite spots. And I told my wife about that. And so we don't go this year, but we go in 2024. Yeah. Um, great city, great food, great ballpark. What everyone awesome. here tells me is, is on the podcast, they'll tell me that the thing they notice about Toronto is it's clean. Is that very what you clean. noticed? Yeah. Very, very, very clean. And safe. I don't see it. I don't, maybe just comparison. Really? I maybe I really don't see, I, I guess, I don't know. Maybe because I like, I, I've been there millions of times. I don't really realize it, but everyone says it's really clean. Did you guys do like, did Joey take you guys out somewhere or like, what, what did you guys do down here? <clears throat> No, we just um, – because I know he had a bunch of, um, like, family in town and stuff, so I think he, he did everything with them. Um, we I know a bunch of us went out to some places. I don't know what they were called, um, went out to eat and stuff, but it was, it was some really good food there. Yeah, no, that's what we get all the time. And what was that reception like for Joey Votto? I think I was at, I think, the, the Saturday game. It wasn't at the Friday game. Was it unreal with, like, just kind of seeing – Joey Votto get embraced by the Toronto faithful. Cause I don't think he's played here in a really long time. So yeah. And yeah, I believe he actually hit a home run too. Yes. Um, and I think, I don't, he might've gotten a standing go after as, as crazy as that is, or like a curtain call. What a legend, uh, man. He's great. And um, he's been great to me. He's a good friend of mine. He came to my wedding. Um, so I've, I've been very fortunate to kind of get to be close with him. What's your first impression story of Joey Votto? Like what's like a, cause we have like, obviously we, I love getting stories of just the veteran guys, like not fucking with like the, the, the rookies and stuff like that. But just like, what was the first impression you had of Votto? Were you scared to kind of talk to him or what was that kind of like first meeting? Like, Oh yeah. Um, I remember like being in the minor leagues and anytime that Joey would walk in the locker or in the, uh, in the weight room, everybody was just like waiting. Just like, Oh my gosh, there he is. Um, <clears throat> And just like you don't want to get in his way, and I don't know, I don't know how it happened with being, I guess, like as close as we as we are. But um, 
we've done a lot of fun things together. And like I said, he came to my wedding and, um, he, he, he takes this job very seriously and that's what has made him as good of a player that he has, that he's become. And, um, he's great. It's fun to see him like outside of the field, like his personality. And like when he's not worried about baseball, he, his, his Instagram and his social media is very accurate with, um, who he is off the field. That's all time. Do you have any like funny Joey Votto stories? I I know that he loves to like converse with like fans that are chirping at him. Like he'll, my favorite Joey Votto chirp was what did someone say to him? And he's like, I remember when, no. Oh yeah. Someone said to him, I remember when you were good. And then he responded, I remember when you were skinny. Is that just the guy Joey Votto is like, is that, is he just one of the best chirpers of all time? Cause he's Canadian, obviously. So is is that just one of his things? Is that, is that a, is that something that Canadians are good at? Yeah, we're back? really good at chirping people. I'm just, I might okay. be the best at it. Lodolo was in the crossfire a little bit of it, but we're good now, me and Lodolo. But what I is that, that one of the things that he's the best at? Like, if you if you say an insult to him, is he just flipping right back at you and just body bagging? Yeah, you I feel like he is very quick on his feet like that. <laughs> um, he loves chess. Did you see the yeah. social media post that he put of him in Toronto in the, in the uh, like Gucci outfit going to a chess chess game? Is that yeah? I saw that, but it, it, is he a designer guy? He doesn't give me those vibes that he likes wearing designer clothes. He seems like he's just like a regular guy with that stuff. Is he a big designer guy? A time and place. He 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 can pull it out every once in a while and just remind everybody that he's big time. That's all time. You know what you got to do. Obviously, you being a, you being like good buddies with him, you got to watch that game back. I was at it. It was in Toronto in two thousand and eight. Uh, Canada USA. The USA roster was just full of like. Um, like obviously Hall of Famers like Jeter, Chipper Jones, everyone. Yeah, and then there's like a young Joey Votto on the other side just mashing. I mean, he was people don't realize, man. I mean, he I think he's like one of the most underappreciated legends in the game of baseball. Like, yeah. what's it? What's his perception like with the fans in Cincinnati? Is it, it? Do you look at him and you're like, man, I feel bad for this guy because everywhere he goes, he gets noticed and probably asked for a million pictures. Yeah, so I know last year when we were rehabbing together, we went to the zoo. Um. And he got obviously bombarded with people, um, but he's loved it. I've asked him how he likes Cincinnati, and he's like, I've enjoyed every second of it. And he wants to stay there. Like Cincinnati's been obviously a home of his for what 15, 16, 17 years. I don't know yeah. how long he played, and um, he's loved it. He's he said he loves the town. So yeah, that I mean, yeah, he he. he I mean, he's been there for so long, right? So a couple more things I want to talk about. So. Second last thing that I want to talk about is obviously you, you've had the opportunity to face tons of big league pitchers and stuff like that. Who's been your most comfortable at bat so far? Comfortable? Uh, uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Oh, uncomfortable, man. I'm not going to say comfortable. Then we'll just, I'm not a headline grabber. I like to keep this mellow, just low. Who's the most uncomfortable at bat you've ever had? Because you face some dogs. I'm looking here. You face some freaks. So, I mean, yeah, I, um, I've, I haven't faced today Degrom yet. I've, I've been looking forward to hopefully do that. Um, I don't know. There, there, there's so many bullpen guys and bullpen arms out there that guys' stuff is just so nasty. Um, Classe, who's with Cleveland. Oh my God, dude. He's he's a he's a tough one. Um, I don't know. There's there's a lot of like just bullpen guys out there that aren't fun to face. Yeah, no, I feel like there's just every there's one guy on the uh Giants, Doval or 
Yep. I don't remember his name. He just throws 102 mile an hour cutters. It looks like yep. I don't even know what it is. How do you guys approach that as a hitter? Like when you guys are looking at the film and some freak comes out of the bullpen, you're like, oh, he's throwing 102 mile an hour cutters. Like, how do you prepare for that? Sit there and pray and close your eyes and swing. <laughs> All right. So this is how I want to end this podcast. Obviously, tonight we got uh, USA Japan. And obviously, Ooh. there's been tons of takes about um, World Baseball Classic being meaningless with some some personalities on Twitter and stuff like that. Where do you stand with it? Are are because obviously you're a guy that's um, you're going to be coming up right in your prime here. You're going to be a guy that's probably going to be one of the front runners, ho- hopefully, to be on that team. So, where do you stand with it? Do you think it's like the most? It's like very necessary to have this tournament, and do you like when it's like uh, taking place this part of the year? Yeah, I, like. I don't, I don't, when was the last one? What year was it? 2017. 2017. So I, I still would have been like just newly drafted. And I don't know if I've really like paid enough attention to it beforehand. Um, but it has been really cool to see just like the support and just the, I guess, of the views. I feel like it's been massive this time. And I think it definitely helps with what Otani has brought to baseball, grabbing all of the Japan, China, like that Asian culture over there just bringing that viewer the view viewership as well and um it's gonna be it's gonna be a, i think a crazy game tonight yeah no tonight's yeah, gonna be I, a, I would i would obviously love obviously like i think like i said i think you have a really good channel obviously jt's gonna be going up there in age a little bit and stuff like that so you're gonna be one of those prime guys gonna be playing there it'd so. be great i would i would love that opportunity it'd be, and, it'd be and, awesome. and and what is the persona like in that locker room in the big league locker rooms and stuff like that are people obviously obviously want like talking about wanting to play in it is it like as popular as it is with the fans within the players and stuff like that like are all are all you guys watching and paying attention to in the clubhouse yeah i feel like anytime that there's been a game on that we've had it in the clubhouse and some of our guys have been back um diaz who was with puerto rico who obviously his brother suffered that injury and san martin who was with cuba jabot which was with great britain who Sessa was with Mexico and Cruz was another Puerto Rican. Um, and I've asked him how they liked it and they loved every bit of it. And they said yeah. nothing but great about it. So who's one guy that's impressed you the most? I mean, obviously there's that pitcher Sasaki on Japan who's throwing one Oh three. Is there any guys that. you he's, he's disgusting. Is there any guys you've been watching that you're like, man, I didn't realize this guy had this in his arsenal, like a Trey Turner, just all of a sudden just hitting home runs at like every single game now or stuff like that, or guys that have impressed you on other teams. I don't know. I I think that, that Japanese pitcher, it's going to be a, when, when is he eligible to 2027, 2020? Wow. It's a long time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess, if, if he's going to be the great next superstar to come over from there. Yeah, man. Oh, seeing what Otani does is the most ridiculous shit ever. I mean, yeah. I can't, we, he's insane. We play him this year and I'm really excited to, it'll be the first time I've ever been on the field with him. So I'm, I'm really excited. Are you the type of guy that's like a Jersey swap guy? Would you ask Otani for a Jersey? Um, so it's not, I guess, like a jersey swap, but I do have, I do have a collection. Um, I have started that ever since I debuted. Um, in my little like man cave room, I have a Johnny Bench jersey. I have my debut jersey, Buster Posey, Mookie Betts, and a Yelich. And then I've got the Dansby, um, Bermudo, Yachty, Pujols, Miguel Cabrera, Charlie Blackman. 
I mean, that you better David have Wright, that room on lock. Justin Pedroia, Jorge Posada, Tucker Barnhart. I'll get a Joey one this year. I want to get a Trout and Otani. I think a judge. I think how I got to get a judge. How do you approach that, though? Do you just say to the clubbies, like, uh, can you ask them if you can sign a jersey for me, or how does that work? I'll I'll buy the jerseys, and then whenever we play, ask if we can, if they'll sign or get the clubby to take it over there. Hell yeah, man! So I'm I'm pumped to see that. But anyways, dude, I'm looking at your schedule here. You 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 guys play close to Toronto a couple times this year, so I'll uh I'll uh, I'll drive down and watch you and Lodolo play. I'm pumped to see that for sure. Lodolo is just an absolute legend. I'm assuming he likes to get after a little yeah. bit when he's not pitching. So. That's that's my type of guy right there is Nikki Lowe. So, oh, anyways, yeah. man, I'm pumped for you this year. Obviously, bounce back season. Your stats, by the way, obviously we should we could we could have talked more about that are just absolutely absurd for a catcher. So, uh, keep doing your thing, man. I'm pumped for you for this season. And uh, you, like I said, anyone comes at you on Twitter, any social media site, I will be body bagging them virtually, so you don't have to. So I love that. I'll just be wearing the shield Please for you. Any, anyways, man, thank you so much for doing this, man. The people are gonna love this, and uh, keep doing your thing, brother. I'm pumped for it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. Thank you.